0: gentlemen welcome to another episode of the art tenders with mac and dan i am dan he is matt we do this show in order to you know view review pieces of art may it be movies or tv shows or video games or music in order to then further discuss and articulate our thoughts and understand the quality and the love that these pieces of art have you know, sort of portrayed and put out into the universe. And so we are continuing our crusade, our adventure through HBO's The Wire, one of, if not the best television show to have ever existed. And we have just finished watching season four of The Wire. Uh, and I both Mac and I are incredibly excited to get into this episode due to just the sheer quality of... This particular season, I don't think it's a stretch to say that this is the best season of the show landslide. by Landslide. But
1: and, and the other ones were very good, obviously. But yes. this is really what takes the show to uh, – fr- from a great show to one of the best shows, arguably. Not just my favorites, but one of the best shows that I think might have ever been made.
0: I agree with that wholeheartedly. And so yeah. we kind of we kind of – talked about this season briefly because it is commonly referred to as the school season or the season that takes place in the school or like the students, right? Because this season introduces four extremely important characters who are all kids, Naaman, Michael, Randy, and Dookie. So, not only are we getting a lot of characters, you know, from seasons past and continuing their stories, may it be, you know, characters that got a lot of love and maybe less love now, or vice versa, we are also introduced to these four uh, eighth graders and how they play a role and who they are in the city of Baltimore. But what makes me also partially excited and I wouldn't say trepidated, but I'm I'm just intrigued by whatever conversation is going to follow because as it has been discussed on this podcast before, and in case you do not know, Mac is a middle school teacher.
1: Yeah, right, right. So,
0: Mac, I do want to lead right off of the bat. Oh, okay. What I mean, firstly, like what were your first impressions of the season and what was the sort of roller coaster of emotion this season took you on? Because I, at least for me like I there were so many points in this season where it was just like stress was bubbling over and it's not the sort of stress like for example from parasite or something that you would see in a thriller. I, I think the best way to articulate the stress in this movie is not necessarily worrying about the characters, but it's it's more so for me, worrying about the lives of these people. But as you are a school teacher, Mac, what I think primarily, what did this season leave you feeling?
1: Mm, um, The most difficult part of this entire season was that it reminded me of very specific kids that I teach. Yeah. Uh, And and like, uh, like certain characters, I was like, that's this kid. And that's this kid and that's this and, – and it was – and that that was before I even really knew that this season was a school season. I knew that we were going to get to the schools at some point. But yeah. we've kind of like talked about schools and touched on schools prior but this season was the one that obviously dove really hard into it. And before I even really knew that, I was already – I was already thinking like that. Yeah. Um, and so it was especially difficult. At first, it was really hard to find it in myself to keep watching the show because <laughs> yeah. um, because I spend so much time in a classroom setting. that, yeah. the se- And especially so much time just trying to keep my cool and keep power and keep my uh, reputation. Because right now, it's, it's, a, it's a very important thing to keep your reputation and, and make sure that all the kids – not just in your class, but all the kids in the entire school that are hearing about you have a good impression of you because, especially because I'm a a theater teacher, I'm trying to grow the program, Yeah. right? I'm trying to gain my numbers and get kids to, like, come and want to do it. It's not just math where I'm like, well, you have to. It's theater where it's like, if you don't want to, then we're both going to have a really, really fucking bad time. Right. Um, And so... I can't be like the asshole on campus, right? <laughs> but I, it's also really difficult because I I want to be sometimes, and so watching the immense control from Prispoluski at first was just stressful. It was hard for me to keep for, to watch for about the first half of the season. Yeah, because I just I was like, ah, oh God, I get I get this like every day. I don't want to keep doing like watching this whenever I'm at home. Um and then whenever it kind of turned into uh he he realized that the way that you get them interested in the class is if you become part of their lives and get interested in them outside of the classroom. Setting. And you connect with them. Yeah, yeah. And you start learning about them and and, and really... like beyond
0: them being students and yeah. learning about them as people.
1: Yeah. And he starts doing that, which oh, I love, um, yeah. because that's that's real, uh, and 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 it's cool to see him grow, Prince grow in the community and realize, you know what I mean? Oh wow, uh, there was this being a cop. There was this entire community that I didn't even know existed, and I didn't and I never saw this side of it. Yeah.
0: And the um, realization for him that oh, like I'm also here. I'm playing an important role maybe an even more important role to other people's lives yes right and and kind of like it's 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 never like a moment in the show where prez sort of looks in the mirror and saying i'm changing kids lives no he's but it's this very gradual where you look at the when you look at prez beluski at the first episode and you compare it to the last episode and how much he cherishes like the lives and cares about the lives of these kids It's one of the most beautiful growths of character in this season, partially because of how understated it is. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And and there's uh, there's really something – oh, God. There's really, really something to him realizing I have the potential to change their course in life. And I was a cop, so I've seen their course. I know what this is. Yeah. And I have the potential to change it. And by the end of this season – you see and he realizes that about ninety-nine percent of the time. You're it doesn't not matter. It. Yeah. yeah. And, and and that's something they were talking about with the with the professor early on in the in the season, right? Is that he was talking about like oh well, you know, like I, I wanted to do like a, a study on like violence in, in teens and everything. He's like, So I was gonna get like a couple like seventeen year olds or whatever, and then there were and then Bunny and, and oh what was the name? I can't remember. Um but they were just like, Oh that's too old. Yeah. And he was (laughs) like, I don't know. And then they showed him a 17-year-old and he was like, okay, maybe younger. And then they just kept going down in age to finally find like, okay, maybe 12 and 13-year-olds, that's our demographic. Like that's where it starts. That's where it starts, where they start down the path of violence and they might get involved in in gang life and and that's where the transition is. Yeah. But not even – it's earlier than that. Yeah. And not only is it earlier than that, it's pretty much your. You're born into it. And unless you're taken out of the environment entirely, that's pretty much it. it. It's not a matter of like individual gain or individual like something that you do on an individual level. It's 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 not really that. It is if you are in that environment, if you are around those, or, or around people that want that, there's no getting away from it. You see it in Naaman, right? Yeah. He, him and his mom go and see his dad who is hours.
0: WeeBay who is for, WeeBay for right. an important side character in the first season and I want to say yeah. I want to give this show immense credit and welcome to our new bit because we do bits here because we only do two segments we would call them segments but really we only do two segments so we do a bit and yeah. so this bit I would like to call Heady Play I love it really the whole thing of Heady Play is I just want to point out something Really, really smart this show did. And I think one of the smartest (laughs) things this show did... Was not just WeeBay, but introducing those four kids and having the sort of what I like to call the degrees of connections to other characters not be far off. So, for example name and bryce is weebay's kid right yeah. so weebay we already know prior we get introduced to a new character who is already literally related to a character we just met michael for example goes to Cuddy's gym right mm-hmm. and then how they introduced all these four characters to all four of them go at first at least before things kind of separate go to class prezbaluski's mm-hmm. class right i think one of the things that kind of brought back Season 2, for example, is that it introduced all these characters, and most of them had no degrees of connections to already existing characters. Mm-hmm. Mind you, we had a giant gas in the first season, yeah. Oh, yeah. and really the only example of sort of degrees of connection was some of the Greeks with Prop Joe, and yeah. that was kind of it. But here we have a lot more deeper connections, kind of starting out to these kids and who they are and how they... Are sort of literally and more metaphorically related Mm. to everyone else, and I think it really aided into the storytelling of this because it just allowed for a much much smoother introduction of these kids and how it just didn't feel out of place Mm -hmm. at all. Like it just it felt like these kids have been characters from the very first season and have belonged since the very first season. And so this was just a time to introduce those four people. Yeah. So I really want to give the show credit.
1: Yeah. That, for, that's genius for that. that yeah. No, no, I, I, one hundred percent agree with that. That they really, really did a good job with that, and that was uh, something that. Set set this season apart for sure. Yeah. The, the fact that we were able to bring back other things and and that we were able to talk, I think, a few times about the Greeks, which we haven't really, but like we were able to talk about that and and everything was was came to fruition in a lot of different ways, which was nice. And I do want to get to that again soon. Yeah. But um, yeah. So so they're talking about you know uh, kids that get into it too early and and um, that there's not really a way of stopping it. Unless you stop, like, the, the entire system itself, which yeah. I think is, like, the whole show, right? But that's yeah. – there, there's really no way of uh, – I mean, oh, gosh. Like – and, and, and wh- another thing that you were just talking about is that it is all in the family. It's all in the people that you know. Yeah. And there's never been a kid that's been, like, just some random suburban kid – Like you know, what I want to be in a gang, and then like goes out of their way to find a fucking. And we
0: discussed it in the in our episode discussing the third season too, uh, the third season as well. I should say is that like it's so much easier for these kids to participate. Yeah. In those things. Yeah. And uh, we see it doubly so here in this season that it's it's not only it's literally outside of their doors. Yeah. You know, for for some of them, and it's
1: and it's their they, friends, yeah. it's the people they go to school with. It's everywhere. Yeah, they they literally play games. They're they're playing Omar. Remember yes. that? Yes, the kids that's, the kids yeah. are
0: playing Omar in the third season. Yeah and we see it again here in the fourth and season. Great. And it's just yeah. it's part of it is heart wrenching. Yeah, and what partially also what makes this season particularly heart wrenching is the actions by adults, and we see actually sort of like firsthand how much they could affect the lives of these kids. And for the vast majority of the characters, they do something that affects either like the four main kids, the four main teenagers, or other kids just generally right and i think a really good example is continuing uh the storyline of now of now mayor carcetti
1: oh and
0: for example i love by the way yes and oh like his character is just interesting to watch yeah Yeah, he just does a great job first of all as a person from the uk and then just (laughs) pulls off this crazy dialect yeah does a really good job of nailing it and then also, but particularly what his character does is that towards the end, I think at the very last episode, um, and towards the end, he realizes, oh, entering my you know seat as mayor, there is a gigantic deficit, and the first thing that's going to suffer is the school system, and so he has the opportunity to maybe take money from, I believe, uh, some other elected official, I believe the governor uh, of Maryland. And he chooses not to take the governor's money. And that money would have been used to at least aid the school system or at least not make it as bad as it potentially could be in the future. And to see, like, that's just one action, right? That's just one example mm. of one person's actions because Carcetti wants to further his political career which one way you which one side you can say okay i understand that like i understand somebody wanting to pursue their own ambitions from that baseline alone i perfectly understand Mm -hmm, that right mm -hmm. but then you have his like sort of uh at first his campaign manager and then i believe like his right hand man i don't know the proper position title for that is disappointed in him because he didn't take the money because the People's lives who are going to get messed up are the children, and he knows that, right? Yeah, yeah. And we don't see the one-to-one effect of that yet, but we know there's that is going to be affected tremendously. Then we have somebody like Herc, who also wants to further his career and is trying— to use Randy, one of the kids, as a sort of witness in a case and because he's trying to get a case, you know, uh, underway and solved and that's a really big thing for him because he's finding himself digging himself deeper and deeper into a hole and then it sort of ends up screwing up Randy's entire life that the very last shot you see of randy in this show is him being left in this uh group home because he was called a snitch people found out he was a snitch so they got molotov cocktails threw it into his home and because his foster mother was so um badly hurt uh no longer able to take care of him put in a group home and the final shot of him is him going toe-to-toe with four other dudes yeah in his bedroom to such a point that like i still haven't watched an episode of the fifth season and every single day after i saw the finale
1: of that
0: of yeah of the fourth season i thought about that moment to such a point that like i don't know if randy is even alive and then like How the show, like just thinking about it now, like I'm almost brought to tears because it it genuinely terrifies me. That one kid's life was ruined to such an upteenth degree. An extraordinary amount because somebody just wanted to further his career. And because he was not caring about what he was doing to other people's lives, he potentially indirectly killed a kid. And uh-huh. I, I, yeah. th- I think about that wow. last shot yeah. on Randy every single day since I've watched that episode. Yeah. That th- I th- think th- it's a very real possibility we start season five, and maybe we either like we don't see Randy at all, at all, or and that's maybe partially because Randy is dead.
1: Yeah.
0: And and then maybe that's not the case because uh, like would those kids in the group home kill Randy? Probably not because they wouldn't get away with it, but. Right all the same like i just yeah i i don't know like the possibility is there yeah and and how this show was able to make me view randy not only as a character but also as a person in this i hate to say society but like functioning it. in this community yeah um i i i wish i could find more ways to proper artic- properly articulate how the show did that but I'm still tremendously impressed that like, like there there are not often times that I finish a piece of media and I think about it every day. Yeah. And this season of The Wire I, has done that I for me. I cannot
1: agree more. The um something something reminiscent uh of what you're just the subject you're talking about happened in, in real life recently. Um there was I don't know if you've heard about this at all. Mm. Uh uh, in in plain honesty, have you heard anything? I don't the, think so. No. The b- b- bullying thing. Okay, so uh, b- what? I don't, the bullying I, thing? Okay. Okay. No, I have not.
0: It sounds like you said b- b- boying uh, b- and b- b- I'm like, b- that sounds no, very, no, no. very uh, different than what we're no, discussing.
1: The uh, bullying thing. Okay. Sorry. Um, there's a kid at uh, uh, middle school in our district, and it, it's gone public, so it's not like it's. I'm, I'm like not spilling any tea. Um. Although I didn't know about it before, it was. Uh, before it went public public because all of my kids knew because it, like it was like in the community like they knew and like they had all the videos of everything that happened and they they were showing me and I was like ah, I can't see that shit, but that way and um it was uh there was a kid who uh, in the boys' locker room was uh, shot with a BB gun and then held down. And forced to uh, drink a water bottle filled with uh, urine that was uh, passed around by all the white kids in the locker room, and this kid was a black kid, and they were like chanting uh, the N word at him. And there's a vi- and they, and and one of them there's was dumb video. enough to took it to take a video and post on his Instagram story. And there, I mean, there, there was a, there was a bunch of stuff like, and, and this was not the only case. Not only that, the kid, uh, um, there had been reports all, like, they looked at this, like, like at their file or whatever, like from, because they'd take reports every single time that, like, parents called at school and everything. And the mom had called several times to complain because, one, because the, the coaches weren't watching what was happening in the locker rooms. Right. And that had happened several times before. And uh, there was also a time where uh, apparently he was, like, having an asthma attack and was asking for his inhaler. And his coach was telling him that um, he was only saying it to get out of running. No. And so he had an asthma attack and just, and like, like, had to suck it up for a while. And then eventually, like, collapsed and had to go to the hospital. And then he went back to school and then this happened. Which is crazy. And so this happens, and we're all like, I mean, we're all sitting there like, what, what the hell's going to happen from this? Like, how is, how is the school district going to cover this one up? You can't. And, uh, and then the superintendent comes out and is like, you know, we're trying to, you know, make sure that we're trying to make sure that the kids that did it um, get properly, you know, punished for it, and that, you know, like we, we, we're like, we're investigating with with the teachers that were involved and everything. And um, it was just, like, a really bad moment for PISD. And we were kind of like, I don't know if that's the right... That kind of feels weird. Like, uh, it feels a little bit slimy because it's... Like, insincere? so many times. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. very distant. And so I I sat down... Like, not
0: taking into account, like, whether actively or inactively or directly or indirectly, like, we screwed up a child's life. Exactly.
1: And so we... Um. uh me and a, c- a couple other teachers. We we were talking to one of uh, one of the people up at admin. With, ad, ad, administration's like the you know higher ups, and we were like, why did why was Plano ISD so unable to just take the fall? Like, why couldn't I mean it's public money. They're, it's taxpayers. That it's not like you know yeah private companies collapsing. Whatever. Like, no one's getting like totally removed it except the people they're supposed to, why can't they just admit or talk about um, the problems, like, through the chain that 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 they really need to discuss because this is not the first time this happened. Like, this is, this is so recurring. And, like, with this kid. And with this kid especially. that Like, it happened so many times and, like, nothing was done about it. And the response was a kind of similar one to The Wire, which was, I mean, we want to make sure that whatever happens to this kid is is appropriate and right, and like that this kid gets as much as he can. Um, but at the same time, we can't we can't lose public trust. Yeah, I was like, that's really it. You know, like pretty much, yeah. Because we just got a bond. Uh, we had a bond year, which which meant like we got. Uh, a bunch of taxes raised for about a year so that we could get a bunch of new facilities. And we were in the middle of building those facilities and COVID hit and we ran out of money and we're going to have to ask for more money from taxpayers and, for, and, and people vote on it every year. That so, if, the coo-
0: if the school says, Hey, it's our fault. Then why would
1: anybody vote for to, to give the money to the, to, the to school? that school? Right?
0: right. And then like, if you're a parent, why would you even willingly send your child there? Right, just put them in a different public school or, yeah. or in a private school.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Or yeah, yeah, I mean, there are awesome school districts directly surrounding Plano, Ice. dude. That's really get in, easy to get into. Yeah, so like, why wouldn't you? Um, yeah, and it, it was absolutely crazy, and and uh, like it still it's it still blows my mind how many moments from this show I was like, damn, lived that, like, damn, that's true. Damn, that shit happens every day, and uh, I mean, like literally, uh, a, a couple, um, like two or three weeks ago. Yeah, I'm sitting there. I, uh, I get this kid in 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 my class, and I have you know, what Go Guardian is. I do not. Okay, Go Guardian is both a kind of creepy. Like at first, I felt slimy, but now I'm like, this was awesome, because um, all the kids have. Uh, Laptops, like all the money was spent that we were supposed to have on like all these facilities and everything, on mm-hmm. so the kids could get laptops so they could do online school ish. Um, because like obviously now the online is like dissipated a little bit, but so that they could do online school at first. And so all these kids are working on laptops all the time, but all the laptops are hooked up to a program called Go Guardian so that we can see what's on their screens at all t- at all times and Got know it. what tabs are open, things like that. And so uh, I'm in the middle of class. And I see something on some kid's laptop, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. Whatever. And so like, I cl- I close them out of the tab because I can do that, <laughs> and which is nice. Um, and I finish up my lecture, whatever, and I have kids like starting to work on their assignments, and I kind of walk over to him, and I'm like, what were you looking up? And he was like, nothing, man. And I was like, no, you were looking up like, like you were typing very alarming things, and I just like want to figure this out, me and you, because I don't, I don't want to like take it to someone else. And he was like, would you really go do that? And I was like. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I think I would have to if he didn't tell me what's going on. And he was like, okay. And so it turned out he was looking up, like, creepily specific in Google, like, the name of this person, like, name, murder, Dallas, uh, and then, like, a date, like, 2 slash, like, 21 or whatever. And, like, all this information. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of spooky. And then, like, he's just reading all these articles um, and so I, I was like, why, why the hell are you doing this? Like, why are you looking this up? It's so strange. And he was like, well, I haven't, uh, I haven't talked to my brother in a while and I wanted to make sure that he wasn't involved. And I was like, why would he have been involved? And he was like, and this is like a 12 year old kid. Yeah. And he was like, well, because the guy that happened to, like, I kind of knew grow- growing up. And I know that they were close. Mm. And I know they were in the same gang. And I wouldn't be shocked if he was involved in some way. So I wanted to see if he was on any articles. And I was like, okay, you can continue Googling. (laughs) Like, go ahead. I mean, uh, maybe try to do that on, like, not school time. But I'm not going to stop you, I suppose, because that's a pretty valid thing. And, I mean, this kid, oh. And this kid also breaks my heart. This kid reminds me so much of... um, Michael, because Michael in the show. Michael in the show. Um, no, I'm not saying some kid's name. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I just Reveal the first and last name and the telephone oh, number and the address. <laughs> did you? Did your heart drop for a second? No, well, Just like who? Was just Mike? the idea. It was like it was Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I was trusting no, you. Just no, 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 oh, no, 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 but, no. Um, so the, no, 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 because I hadn't really noticed that this was like a thing. I, right. I didn't really pay attention to um, wardrobe or clothes or colors. I didn't really think about that. That wasn't really my mind whenever I started teaching, I guess. Which yeah. I guess was ignorant of me. Because literally one time after school, I know that he's like leaving at a certain exit, right? And so I walk out and he, his car is like right there. Like where he's about to get in his car. To when go do you home
0: say, his, "Oh, his car"? Like, like his parents, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, like <laughs> <laughs> driving twelve year old. I don't know um, why I'm asking. No, it's why I'm asking. So like his... obviously, like, but like...
1: I can tell that it's not his parents. I'm thinking like maybe it's a sibling or a cousin or something sure. like that, right? And like I don't think much of it. But I go over to him and I'm like, "Hey, man, so like you you turn in like." your work or whatever, and, like, it was missing this and this and this. Like, I wanted to just, like, make sure you did that. So over the weekend, like, could you work on that, turn that in? And, like, it won't be a late grade if you turn it in over the weekend. Sure. Like, I'll just grade real fast. Yeah, 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 And um, And I didn't think anything of it. Next week, he comes in, and he's being, like, really weird. Really weird. Not as talkative as normal. And also kind of aggressive. Like, like dis- intentionally disrespecting everything. And... I'm kind of getting weird vibes, and so he starts talking out a little bit more in class and like being a little more disruptive. And I'm like, okay, like, do we need to have a little chat? And he's like, no. And I'm like, okay. And then he keeps keeps doing something. like, Okay, out in the hall, let's go. We go out in the hall, and I'm like, what's up, man? And he was like, honestly, because he, you know, he he's he's like, honestly, Welch. Deal is, you came up and talked to me after school. I was going hang on with my friends and it could put a really bad taste in their mouth because you were wearing red. And I was like, Are you kidding? And he was like, No. And I was like, Why is that? Oh shit. Like I didn't even think about it. Like yeah. that he that, that was like some sort of like that was a turn. Yeah, yeah that, that like that was something that he looks at. And then I and I've noticed since I'm like, oh that's that dude really never wears red. Like, he <laughs> never does, because he can't. Like, that's really a thing in his life, that he's like, that that color is them, and my color's blue, and that's it. Like, that's it. It's as simple as that. Whenever I go home, that's all I see is blue. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal, and he was like, it doesn't bother me if you're, you know, doing that or whatever, but it's more like outside of school, just like, I don't want you to have to... And I was like, okay, well, you shouldn't have to worry about that. And if you ever have any troubles, like, please tell me we can go find someone. Like, I'm a resource. And, like, obviously, I went and told the campus police officer just because he's a cool guy. And I was like, hey, man, we don't have to do anything about it. But just, like, be aware that I had this interaction. And it was really sketchy. And I want to make sure that, like, we're taking care of this kid, you know? Um, But... Yeah, man, and I mean, that that's, I have told you the stories of just one kid, and this happens all the damn time, and it's, like, it's, it's nonstop, and I know that if I pulled a Prezbolewski, and I just, like, very sly, cop-style, just, like, drove around and, like, found these kids or whatever, oh, man, they're doing shit all the time. They're doing shit all the time, and it's not all kids. Uh, clearly, not all kids. Because like, also, my I mean, you don't not know nearly as bad as as w- w- what the school that they were showing in there. Yeah. Like in there, like in in the show, there's really like a, like ten kids that you see ever that are even paying attention to him, and that's not necessarily what my school is at all. But like, there are still plenty of kids that. We've had cases where if they don't show up to school or they don't log in online or start doing their work for a while, I'm like, oh, they're in juvie for sure. And they come back and they're like, yeah, I was. And it's like because they were like stealing or because they're like – uh, I have – for some reason, it's become more and more popular to like hotwire cars. Don't know why, but a bunch of kids that I know that have been like like hotwiring cars and like stealing cars and shit. I don't know. But um, yeah, man, it's weird. It's weird. But, like, that, that was what was looping through my mind continuously as I was watching the show, was just, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, this is so consistent. And this is exactly what the hell happened.
0: The show does an exceptional job of showing how easy it is for people who should be taking care of those kids to do things that are totally counterintuitive for those kids' best interests. Yeah. And it's I mean with the teachers with nearly all the teachers particularly like like the principal or the assistant principal for example and the at least in the school sy- system the emphasis the emphasis the emphasis because we got this when we were kids too yeah but it really hurt these kids here the emphasis on standardized testing oh yeah right and how important it is for the school to get kids to do well on standardized testing
1: because that's that's all that matters the numbers is all that matters to the state yes yes and yes and that is something
0: and that is something that we experienced when we were kids yeah yeah and and i was watching it and i was like um like I actually, like, experienced some of, like, the stupidity. And I would actually also hear it from the teachers, too. Like, the teachers, some of of them would tell us straight up, like, hey, this is really, really dumb. But, like, it is also simultaneously, even though you guys shouldn't be doing this, it is in your best interest to do well on this anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether or not that's the, you know, the ultimate truth, I don't know. But at the same time, like... It was it was just so clear that oh, okay so once again just like in the third season where uh, so much of the uh, police system was interested in the numbers so is the school system yeah right and right right the grading oh, and the, and funny, the test yeah. grades it, of these kids and, the and the how the numbers
1: are, actually reflect who they are the people that but they don't m- m- making decisions are never gonna see these kids in real life exactly. All they know is the numbers.
0: Yes, and all they have to do is go to a desk in some building, which is fine. I don't like blame them for that per se. Like I don't blame them for that like career choice, but and it's a very difficult decision. But at the same time, like it's so easy for them to make a decision that they think is going to help these kids that is actually screwing up the lives of kids that need help the most. Yeah. And then you also see it with, of course, some police officers, notably in this season. Uh, I believe his name is Officer Walker, where he's just the worst. And he steals, and he, he just, is a complete asshole, and he breaks the fingers of this one kid because he stole a car. Mind you, the kid stole a car. Fine. But it's, but then it's how the officer treats it? Yeah. And then just... I mean, this, this show messes me up because once again, it's not like it's not like all of these kids, all of these people, all the people in the show are like innocent, right? Like, Preston Bodie dies in this season,
1: and, which I want to talk about heavily. Yes,
0: and and and, and, we're, and we're gonna we're gonna get to our uh to our break in a moment, but I, I want to mention that Preston Bodie dies in this season, and like at least for me, I don't know about you. I was like, damn, like, like that's it, you know? And, and there goes his life, you know? Even though he helped kill Wallace in the first
1: season. I was about to freaking bring up Wallace, yes. That, but... Uh, that, that shit never leaves your mouth. It never, it, that taste never leaves your mouth. But it's incredible
0: how the show can do both, right? It's yeah. not like... Bodie is just an asshole. He's just an awful human being. Like it's both. Like he is like an awful human being for killing Wallace, but he's also like deep down a good person because he cares about his friends, mm-hmm. um, except for Wallace, I guess. <laughs> um, oh God. But but that's but that's that's the big thing that Michael I, I want to. Michael B. Jordan.
1: Attention.
0: But now let's hear a good old word from our sponsors.
1: Hello and welcome back to the. L- Hello and welcome back to the Art Tenders with Mac and Dan. We left off talking about uh, Preston Brodus, uh, also known as Bodie in the show. Um, I wanted to start with this one purely because sure Brodus. I'm just messing. Is with Is it me. really? I think
0: it is Brodus, but who cares?
1: Yeah, at this point, I, I, you never hear that. Like this, you never hear that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Maybe
1: in like a fir- like the first season or some shit. Yeah. Okay, anyway. So, Bodie. The reason that I want to talk about Bodie. Um, his death, I think, was one of the more impactful deaths on the show. It was the one that um, I, I think, like, really got me because, in my mind, even though, like Avon Barksdale or D or uh, Stringer Bell or all, all these people that had awesome deaths, Avon didn't die. Sorry, sorry. What's
0: wrong with you today?
1: I know I'm, I'm off my game. Hey. Um, but yes but to your point but yeah they, they stringer bell especially had an awesome 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 scene uh, with their death bodie for some reason hit a little bit different because in my mind for some reason as i've been watching the show that's been the character that has really represented this entire show for me that has really mm-hmm. represented baltimore and the the gang scene and just all that he has,
0: and in the transition from like teenager to adult, yeah, as well.
1: And I think it's partially because in my mind, McNulty has been was introduced to me as the main character of the right. of the cops of the you know of the legal system of
0: that side.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't mean legal system like lawyers. I mean like we're talking about the system. That's what the wire is about. The system. And there's one side of the system that is the legal system, and there's the one side of the system that is the illegal system. And I would say that McNulty has been the main character of this one side, and it feels like Bodie. Has been the main character of this other side. In that they're kind of foiled, not kind of. They are foils. Yeah. They're very similar. They've pl- played similar roles in their, uh, in, in their communities and in, in their yeah. circles. Um,
0: and they both recognize that they're sort of cogs in the machine. Yeah. As well. Which which
1: leaves you with that lovely, lovely scene with them. I love that scene. That's maybe one of my favorite scenes. Of Where the whole, single scenes of the whole thing.
0: So, uh, McNulty helps get Bodie out of prison i actually forget for why uh Bodie was like just overnight prison for yeah. some reason but but to the point uh mcnulty helps get him out so then they go have lunch at this like arboretum uh in baltimore and it's just i don't know how to explain it aside from like sublime and tranquil yeah uh, that the scene was that uh, you kind of look at the scene and you kind of say to yourself, like, there's a reality where these two are, like, best buds.
1: Right, right. And it totally makes sense because um, Bodhi has really been so unbelievably loyal. Yes. This in Like, the entire series. He's been nothing but loyal. And, like, like with, with Wallace, for instance, season yeah. one, right? That was a test so of loyalty. So sad, so hard to watch. But, yeah, at the end of the day... And it, like it puts a bad taste in your mouth, but at the end of the day, yeah, that, that was exactly that was it was exactly that. It was a test of loyalty. It was, are you going to be a soldier for me? And from the moment one, he was, and everything he's done since then has been that. Even even though Marlowe is now head of the streets, and even though he has to start working with Marlowe this season, he's still going to stay loyal to Avon.
0: Yeah, and, but it's not even just, like, Avon, like, the person. Yeah. It's now, like, in this season, I don't even think we see a lick of Avon, but no. it's Avon the ideal. Yeah. And it's Avon how he treated the streets of the city of Baltimore, yeah. where Bodie. He's
1: like, there are rules.
0: Yes, and Bodhi felt like Marlo was breaking those rules every instant, just killing a man for breathing wrong. And yeah. Avon would never do that. Avon would still put hits on people. I mean, but Avon would understand that like we saw it in the third season, for example. Yeah. Like, it's Sunday. Don't try to kill Omar Sunday morning when he's helping his grandmother go to church. Right. That is off limits. What are you yeah. doing? And so there was like a code that Avon and from where what we're told other people in Baltimore lived by and what made Marlo such an interesting um, person to look at was how much he ignored this code. Uh I wish we would see uh more sides of Marlowe per se, but I think I, I there's there has been a moment where I'm like, oh, Marlowe is two dimensional. We're not getting no. enough of Marlowe. It's kind of been like, my God, like this guy's just a scary person. Yeah. And like I, I'm I'm interested in his like wants and desires, but I'm I'm kind of also getting the sense from the show, like, oh, like this person very much so exists. Like not everybody has to be super duper in depth, but there is in depth, but there's also the person that just enjoys what they're doing, and Marlo just happens to enjoy running this operation. And maybe like we can put some labels on it. Maybe deep down he's getting this sort of power satisfaction from doing this all. Yeah. But nevertheless that's what makes Marlo so different and uh, scary is a strong word but but so much more off-putting compared uh, yeah. to Stringer and compared to Avon.
1: There's definitely a bit of uh, there's definitely a bit of Marlo that I I want so bad to know his like like deep rooted motivations, right? Like yeah. what is his backstory and everything? But at the same time, honestly a lot of his decisions make sense to me. Like as I'm watching them, I'm like You know what? Like, if you're trying to come off as a Stone Cold killer and if you actually want to scare people on the streets and and gain power, he's doing it in a very efficient way.
0: Incredibly efficient.
1: And and it makes total sense, honestly, if if that's what what his goal is, to do it the way that he's done it. Uh, Genius. And this is what – and, you know, obviously they have to bring in the kids because it's school season. Um, Genius of him to go around passing out money to kids on the street. Like he's Robin Hood. Yeah. That he's like – you are like our if, if we're going to grow ever, we have to hit kids. We have to make sure that and when you say hit not kids, not hit, not literally hit kids, <laughs> but we have to get to the children, we have to get to them and make sure that they know who the head of the street is and like start so that they know, yeah,
0: start the trust early so that when they grow older,
1: right, either
0: they want to participate or not get in the way,
1: yeah. Which is why it's such a kick-ass move whenever everyone's just like, hell yeah, man, thanks for the money. And then Michael's like, I see this? Like, I know exactly what's going on right now. Michael's yeah. like, I'm not taking your money because I know exactly what this means. I know that I owe you. And out of all the people, you're not the one I want to owe. And it
0: is insane yeah. that we look at Michael at the very beginning who seems to be of the four kids that were introduced to, uh, the one who is going to stay the furthest – Away from um the sort of drug crime scene, and instead, at the very end, um, uh, literally becomes a soldier for Marlowe. Yeah. Uh, kills Bodie, and oh and, yeah, and and it's like, but there was never a moment in the show where I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, every single instance of Michael doing something was just like at least I would like to think that this show didn't like an accurate portrayal, but I was thinking to myself, oh, like this, this is how it could happen, you know, yeah, that it just starts out, it just starts out small. And it starts out from Michael wanting to be a man. yeah, you know, and for example, when it's early in the season when he and Cuddy and um I, th- I think his name was Justin go to the boxing match. And then Michael just starts saying these weird things, as if he's trying to prove himself. Yeah. And that's, at least from my understanding, that's exactly what he's doing. And it's, it's you, you see, kind of where that journey takes him.
1: Yeah. Towards the very end. Oh yeah, yeah. Now it makes sense because of, like, he specifically hates Cuddy because every, like, every single time that Cuddy is like, "All right, son, I'm going to take it on my wing," and he's like, "No, I, I don't need anyone to do that." Yeah. Like every, every time that he feels like he owes someone or that he is dependent on someone, he has to duck out. He has to be on his own.
0: And then we have this crazy sort of look at Michael and his relationship with his father that we don't know exactly what has um, separated them metaphorically uh, for so long. Yeah, and we don't know the specifics of it the specifics is never stated we just know that michael hates his father and wants him gone and then to such a point that because he his father isn't leaving that he has chris and snoop marlo's like left and right hands kill um michael's dad and I, I think what the show is alluding to, and I don't think I'm uh, far off here, but this is just speculation that I, I think what the show is alluding to is that at least um, perhaps Michael's father sexually assaulted or raped his son. Yeah. And I think Chris understood that like when Michael came up to Chris and stupid was like, hey, I really need you to take care of this guy. And I think kind of like from Chris's reaction and then from how they killed him, which was instead of taking him to a vacant and just shooting him with a silenced pistol, which is, how, which is how Chris and Snoop have been doing all their kills this season for so many people, so many people. Um, instead, just in this alley, before even taking him into a vacant, Chris literally beats the man to death. And I think it's the show dropping these little hints of like maybe this was the case of this thing happening, but it's just it's terrifying it's it's terrifying to look at and 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 it also goes to show, oh, that's also maybe partially why Michael makes himself so distant from Cuddy, yeah, that we see like we see you see the character in Cuddy really really personally try to make the lives better for these kids mm-hmm. and and we and we don't get a lot of those characters at all in the in this season, you know. And so when that actually happens and when uh, Cuddy is trying to stick out his neck for Michael, um one person in Michael's little posse shoots Cuddy in the leg. You know, I, I they did they up the happened.
1: violence a lot too this season. They upped the they, violence
0: a lot and they upped the stakes a lot personally did. for so many of these characters. Yeah,
1: too. Yeah, yeah, they, they were that? a lot less afraid to to dive into that because they. I I think it's partially because the show has established itself as a dramatic piece regardless of the violence because that was something that you could tell they, they didn't want to show because they didn't want to seem like a mystery show. Yeah. Or like cops, cop And the show isn't
0: about the violence.
1: Not at all. Not at all. But I think that they have gotten a, a decent enough ground that they can they, they feel the freedom to ah, oh, we can show violence and people will know that that's not what it's about. Yeah. But that's just there to raise the stakes and to keep it interesting and to keep you invested. Because yeah. I, I was missing that. I was missing that for a couple seasons. Because they mm-hmm. would talk about violence and I was like, well, I like that it happened story wise. I wish that I would have seen it because I would have been so much more invested.
0: Gotcha, and like in and the invested really of like maybe for like the cops invested in them trying to get rid of it. Like in the third season, like Bunny trying to get those people off the corners, yeah. for example.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, and and a lot of it is about I suppose perspective because um, I mean one thing that we talked about in uh, uh, we talked about in, in directing class a lot. <laughs> Back in the college days, um, <laughs> was uh, was that if you if one of the three Stooges um, accidentally locked themselves in a room and they couldn't get out of the room, and then uh, they accidentally started a fire, it be and you'd start laughing, right? Yeah. But if the exact same thing happened and it was a baby in a crib, you simply would not be laughing. No. At all, and that's kind of I think maybe why they they waited till this season to pull out some of the violence is because earlier on you might have been numbed to it because you're like ah oh, well you know, like whenever it's, it's it's violence like we're very used to seeing violence right but now it's violence with children children not even teens preteens children um, we see Michael beat the shit yeah. out of like a ten year old yeah. And that's and that's just simply different, and that hits way different than if I then th- whenever at the beginning of the season um, we watch what is it Lex shoot a uh, uh, walk up and shoot a guy for like going on date with his girlfriend or something? Yeah, and yeah. like
0: the first or second episode. Yeah.
1: yeah, and and you see that and you're like, damn, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. But like just just watching kids do half the stuff they do later on in the season really hits hard and I think that's might be why they do it.
0: Because you think in your head, like kids are not supposed to be doing this. Like yeah. they're they're supposed to like still be innocent. Like they're yeah. still supposed to like be watching cartoons.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh no, they're still watching cartoons and Saying
1: f you to everyone and maybe selling right. drugs on the street. You and know? Even, even if we don't have kids ourselves, there's still some instinct deep inside every human, every person, and it's and it's not even something that we think about. Instinctually, whenever we see a kid, especially someone that young, which is why I think they might have had him beat up someone even younger for that purpose, is that we have the instinct to protect. Yeah, you know what I mean. That we think to ourselves, Jesus, I I want to make sure that kid's okay. And are worried about that kid for, for, for that reason. You know what I mean? Because we have that instinct. Yes, I, I think they did a really solid job of that. Um, oh, I, I wanted to bring something up because I thought you'd find this hilarious. Think about this. What In a the segue first... by you. What a transition. Yeah, sorry. Huge left turn. First season, we all these people that we get introduced to and they're gone now. I mean, obviously Wallace. Uh, D, Stringer Bell... Now, Bodhi, and who are we left with?
0: We're left with Poot. Poot.
1: Fucking Poot. Poot. After all the people, out of everyone first oh, season, the last God. person you'd expect to still be there who is feels, Poot. Who
0: feels like comedic relief I sometimes. Know. Especially
1: in the first season. It's like, the guy's name's Poot. Yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. It's, it's absolutely insane. And, I, yeah, I'm shocked. Oh, and we haven't talked about Dookie at all. Yes. I think that's, that's another thing that was really important to me about the Michael and uh, uh, Naaman and Randy and Dookie. Um, the whole, like, like their, their clan is that they were talking about. It, it kind of ties in with what we were talking about um, in terms of Michael, that you can tell that they have this false perception that, like, manliness is loneliness, or, yeah. like, independence is how you become an adult and, like, how you like get treated like one. Yeah. Is that you never talk about your problems or anything like that. And I think the person that has the most reason to discuss their issues or try and get help from them or like be a little more, you know like they have the right to complain is Dookie. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel bad for that kid before he even opens his mouth. And they do that. Like one of the first times you ever see him in the season, they're they're picking on him and they they come over and like and, – and, and it's the people that he's about to be friends with yeah. are like, what the hell are you doing, you idiot? And like start messing around with him and stuff. And that's just – yeah, that, that that's wild.
0: I, I think the growth of Dookie and Prez's relationship is an absolutely beautiful one. And oh, yeah. it's at, at least – like Dookie is one of those characters in the show where every single time he's on screen, you like, you, like say to yourself, I just want your life to get better. Yeah. I just want somebody to like give you a hand. And so then, like, when Prez gives a little bit of assistance, it gives a little bit of assistance. And then, like, even his friends, like, here and there are giving a little bit of assistance. Maybe, like, buying them food at one place for like even something small as yeah. that. I'm just like, thank you. Yeah. You know, like, there's like something going in your direction because, like, this kid needs it. Right. Yeah, truly. And it's crazy then how kind of jumping back to a conversation we were having in the first segment, where sometimes schools are doing in making choices that are completely counterintuitive to a kid's interests, that because they because Dookie was scoring higher than his grade level, they moved him up to ninth grade in high school, and then he just dropped out from school altogether, and we see because Pres uh Presbelewski kind of got a weird vibe from him after he got a, like a Christmas uh Christmas gift from him and so was able to uh follow him and find him like being uh like a money man or something or being like a runner yeah. on the streets yeah and it, also like Dookie was one of those guys that like why why would he ever be associated with this like he he has no yeah. interest in this you know yeah. and and you can like see that even in sort of like
1: just who he is and how he
0: interacts with other people. Like, why would he ever want to be a part of this life? And and, and then we just see uh, it's still so easy for them just to do it. And sometimes, once again, it's still the easier path.
1: And then you see him with Michael in uh, that same shot.
0: Maybe. I And I think also, like, there's a possibility that uh, still at the end of the season, like, Dookie is living with Michael. Like, we yeah. saw a little bit of that. Yeah, right. And so it's not terribly far-fetched for dookie to maybe get involved a little bit because it's right there and because that feels more comfortable for him like he doesn't want to expose himself and be vulnerable you know to to a place that he doesn't trust so he's going to close himself off and be a runner and 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 that's what that's what's going to happen right and like sometimes we see in this we see particularly in the season where if a character if a person doesn't do like the absolute most they can possibly do then that's that's it for that kid's lives lives right so we see that with prez right that maybe if i mean this is just a case of like if 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 prez took dookie in maybe this wouldn't have happened or if if Dookie wasn't placed in ninth grade, maybe this wouldn't have happened. If Carver was able to take Randy in instead of putting him in a group home, maybe him getting potentially killed, you know, is maybe that wouldn't happen. But we see... Or like Cuddy taking in Michael. Maybe him becoming a soldier for Marlowe and, and having his father be killed. Maybe that wouldn't have happened. But what we do see happen is... How they incorporated Bunny into the season and his relationship with uh, Naaman, and yeah, what who Naaman is at the beginning of the season. I and love
1: uh, Bunny in this season.
0: I love Bunny in the season yeah. as well, and I think they do a really a good real job. Dude. And they yeah. do a really good job of like adjusting his character yeah. to
1: the situation, and especially yeah, coming off season three, which was. Such a cool Bunny season. And they
0: didn't... The thing is, they didn't need to have Bunny in the season. But you and I, we we both appreciate the shit out of this show. Yeah, yeah. Because Because, of how they were able to bring Bunny back in an effective and efficient manner. Yeah. And how he still played a very big role in the story... Because of how he was trying to help change this one kid's life, Naaman, who was Wee Bay's son. And we see at the very beginning of the season, like if you looked at those four kids and you say to yourself, if you had to pick one kid, if you just had to pick one kid that was going to be involved in like street crimes, whatever, for the rest of his life, who's it going to be? Your gut is, with how the characters are introduced, your gut is going to be Naaman. Yeah. And then Naaman is the one that's absolutely the farthest. at the very end and bunny takes in naaman as a sort of a foster son and it it, it goes to show that like bunny had to bend over backwards doubly so in order to make sure this kid was okay and he was one of if not like two or three characters in this season that was able to recognize that, like, if I don't do the absolute most, this kid's life is as good as gone. And And that's for one kid. That's for one kid. And hardly any other character in this show, in this season, has that realization. Not Karketty. Carver hardly realizes until the end. Definitely not Herc. It's... Oh my so God! So many, so many of these people have yeah. no idea what they're doing, and Bunny's the only one that says to himself, "If I don't actually participate actively in this kid's life and actively try to make this kid's life better and show him love, then this kid's life is in the gutter." End of story.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, I want to. Uh... Make sure that we get to Carketty because we haven't talked much about him, and goodness gracious, that was a very important part of the season. And I re- and, and we both said we loved it, but right. I, I really wanted to um, press on that once more. I really did, uh, because Carketty, we see a huge shift in this guy, yeah, I mean 180,
0: and once again. It's it's understated the shift, much like Presbulewski, is that it's not night and day yeah. of Karkedy all of a sudden becoming a different person towards yeah. the end. It's just these little tiny actions, these yeah. little tiny events in his life that are happening here and there that are shifting him towards becoming a yeah. different person. And, and,
1: and yeah, well, the cool thing about it is that just like you said, it's it is 180, but it's it's very slow. It's very it's very you know. Progressive because uh, it's not as much that you see him changing and you're like, oh, wow, he's changing. Good for him. It's that you end up feeling one way about Carcetti, and then you're like, wait, I did not feel like this a moment ago. <laughs> I used to hate the shit out of you. Yeah. And now I'm very interested in what happens to you. Yeah. Um and and that's super cool, and I'm glad because that he- we
0: start we partially start to believe in him too, <laughs> right? And of course, naturally because we're kind of following him, right? As but well, so. but and once again, another perfect example. I know I'm beating a dead horse here. I know I'm sounding like a broken record, where somebody is shown to be an asshole and simultaneously have really good ideas or ambitions. Yeah. And that, that is the case of Karketty that uh, has cheated on his wife uh, potentially at least once that we saw um, and is just sort of misogynistic sometimes and also is interested in the betterment of the city of Baltimore.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, at the very least, far better than Royce. I mean, holy crap. That guy sucks. The, the more and more time that you see him behind closed doors, you're like, oh, God, you're awful. But and I want you out so bad.
0: We see how much elections take over the lives of yeah. politicians.
1: And it, and it is so alarming. And I think, I, oh, I wish I saw more shows about this. It's so alarming how much of current sitting officials' careers are about getting reelected. Yes. The fact that... Or Royce moving up to, the ladder. Right. Right. The fact that, for instance, Royce, uh, that he has to put aside all of his mayoral duties for the few weeks that it takes for him to run a re-election campaign. Or, um, yeah, yeah, like like any any of the cops that we see, any, any of the officers that we see going up the ranks, that so much of their... Ju- they have to... Put, like, l- make the active decision to put aside their real job in order to work on moving up the ladder.
0: Yes, chain of command.
1: Yeah. And, and funny enough, the same is, oh gosh, and I hate to bring it back to this, the same is actually true of teaching because you can. It takes so much time and effort to plan, to lesson plan, and to figure out what you're doing day to day, especially if you if you teach more than one subject. Like yeah. If you're teaching like the same class like seven times a day, then whatever, good for you. But whenever you're teaching like two, three, even four classes sometimes different, it takes so much time lesson planning. But if you really want to, you can take time out and fill out all of your paperwork and make it look pristine and be like applying for stuff and and be like making a really awesome portfolio for yourself so that you can become a principal or a counselor or move up the ladder but yeah you have to make the active decision to put aside your actual work in order to do that and and that has always blown my mind and has made me it's just so slimy it's, it's so sick. slimy it's sick cuz there are people that i see that they are principals and they're like 30 years old and i'm like you tell me you taught for like 5 years and became a principal are we serious here like really we both know that you're not just like a master teacher come on like you you work the system that's why you're here and you like walk around with that fake smile that's why you are we, we know we know that you're here cuz you're working the yeah you're playing the game it's it's so weird um but yeah uh, arcchetti really rocks and uh that was um yeah that, that 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 was a lovely uh arc and a lovely little thing that we uh, got to experience cuz goodness gracious arcchetti is Interesting. Yeah, just, just interesting, interesting guy. to
0: go on that journey with.
1: Yeah. Um and such a cool cast of characters that you see in the show Because of Corketty that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise.
0: Yes, and that even though when Corketty was introduced in the third season that his degrees of connection wasn't really to anyone uh that we had met really um at least not like directly per se, um but it helped show this side to the city that the showrunners and writers really wanted to show, and I think they've done an incredible job of showcasing it with this one person. I also want to um, touch on briefly how clever it was and how smart it was about what they did with uh, McNulty in this season. Oh, yeah. Where we get a lot of Jimmy McNulty in season one, in season two, and in season three. That one could argue that Jimmy McNulty is the main character of The Wire. Yeah. However, the main character of The Wire is most definitely the city of Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. And there should not be a question about that. And maybe there was a conversation in the background of like, Look, we've had a lot of Jimmy McNulty. We sort of kind of like wrapped up his arc, per se, in the third season. With his own uh, personal experience and him realizing that he needs to be more, mm-hmm. and instead of doing like the dumb bullshit of like sometimes show like to do, shows like to do where uh, a character experiences a breakthrough, but then they immediately pedal back because that just doesn't feel good to watch. Yeah, true. Instead, we see Jimmy Mc- McNulty. Be a better person. And he's just happy. And he's just happy. He doesn't really drink anymore. He's with BD, and yeah. the kids like him, and he's... Good
1: match, too. He's just They're happy. Sweet.
0: And, like, every yeah. single scene you watch McTol- McNulty, you're just happy. And you're just happy that he's happy. Yeah, right. They like, you were so messed up, but it took you, like, it, there was a lot of pain. Before you got to this moment. And I'm just happy to see that you are happy. And you're not hurting anyone either. And you're not hurting yourself either. Yeah. But it was also the show kind of like taking a step back. Of like this show is not about Jimmy McNulty. And then choosing to like put him and make him more of a side character. Yeah. But he never felt um sort of not present. You know? Yeah. And Which
1: like- I, I honestly wish that, that they... Would have showed him a little less because it is very refreshing to see McNulty whenever you do, and you're like, oh, Hi, I miss you. Look at you. Yeah. And but but at the same time, like a happy McNulty, just you're like, that, that's that's not dramatically interesting, yeah. obviously. And so it's like I I like that he's there, but they don't need to show him as much as they did. I don't think. I think they could have made him even a smaller character. But because part
0: of the part of the storytelling was McNulty's journey. Yeah. And and it's just not that. And anymore. they wanted. To, yeah, exactly. It's not that anymore. And they wanted to complete his journey at the end of the third season. So what personal journey is there more for this character, right? We get, like, different stakes and different objectives for him when it comes to, like, helping Bodie out in order to help the city of Baltimore out and to put Marlo in cuffs. But in terms of his personal journey, uh, we don't get that this season because he's completed it. Yeah. And I think that's like a really bold choice for a show to do. Like I, I can't think of another show that somebody could be considered like the main character and then becomes a side character in the fourth season because the show is not about him. It's about the city and that's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing that this show decided to have McNulty take the back seat because it's clear that this show's priority is like the, the now the other people's journey or this city's journey. Hell, we didn't even get to bubbles.
1: <laughs> oh, which is a shame because bubbles is so interesting in the season. And then we also but see is- and
0: that's another example of Bubbles trying to take care of a kid. Yeah. And arguably maybe like bubbles didn't do enough and that ends up with the kid overdosing and then bubble attempts uh to commit suicide. Um uh, in at the like the detectives uh, interrogation room, right? And, and 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 like we're only touching on it briefly, but we see a lot of bubbles in the season too. And but like the so much of this season is kind of like making you, the viewer, ask yourself, like what what can I do? Like what like what I'm doing right now is not enough. And the show, I'm burping a lot. And the show makes you realize that makes you like really look in the mirror and really say to yourself more so more so than the third season like oh like i'm part of the problem mm-hmm. and and it's not like other like documentaries or movies or tv shows um where th- there's this like big thing going on and like maybe like you could help out but no, there was something like different about this because it wasn't like, it, it wasn't just, like a, like, a race or gender or, like, uh, like a color or creed or just just uh, religion. Like, it wasn't anything like that. It was, like, it, there was, I guess, something different for me personally, like, it had to do with kids. And, like, whenever I watch something, like, kids are involved, it that always puts me, like, in unease. Like, I, I think the best way to describe this is there is a Greek play called Medea. Oh, yeah. A lot of people love Medea. I hate Medea because of the kids. Simply because Medea kills his, her own children yeah, in order to, to have get her, to get back at her husband yeah. who cheated on her. And so like I I like understand symbolically like what makes Medea impressive is um like the the female empowerment of it but I'm always off put like in the case of this play I'm just using this play as an example yeah. but I'm just always off put because Medea kills not only her children, but like children who are innocent. Yeah. Just so she could have revenge. And so there was something different about this season that, like, we saw so clearly, super duper clearly, uh, the path of somebody's inactivity or stupid activity leading to a child's life being potentially ruined forever and that's part of the reason what makes this season so impactful um i we're 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 going a bit long so b- before we wrap this up i just want to give my gold medal and i have four gold medals oh shit okay and i'm sure you know oh, which four. well, that makes
1: sense okay yeah
0: it is Julio McCollum's Neman Tristan Mark Wilds is Michael Maestro Harrell's is Randy and Jermaine Crawford's Dookie
1: yeah they they rocked
0: that um, I've never seen, like, kids of that age... Do that. ...act so well. Yeah. In and my entire I hate life. to say
1: this, but I'm even including Michael B. Jordan in season one. Yeah. Like, I think that this really is some of the best child acting I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. To, yeah. so, like,
0: the point I'm just like, how did they find these kids
1: right that's what I kept thinking myself too and also not just that but how do they find all these kids whose parents allowed them to say these words on, on television but also be a part of such violent scenes and I think and I was and very real things too yeah I was thinking that for a moment and then I realized I if I was a parent and I lived in Baltimore I would totally let my kid be in that show cause they're doing real shit yeah like why would I not let them be a part of that? Because this this show, just like we said, is not just violent scenes and it's not just uh, like curse words or whatever. Like seeing like the dumb shit kids do. It's no, no. It's 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 about the community. It's about Baltimore. It's about these real honest moments. So yeah, it that the show is now officially important enough to let your kids do that. Yeah. Sorry, that was just a thought that I had of no, the No, no.
0: I'm very happy that you said that. And, uh, I also just want to Mike drop the sizzle serve, which I'm just, I'm just trying to fill out my oh, notes. Okay, like yeah, drop yeah. the sizzle serve that, um, at least for me, at least I think, uh, this is the best season of television period. Um, mm. I think the only thing to compare it to in my personal record book is the first season of Broadchurch. Um, but that's very oh, different. That it's so good. It's very different yeah. because Broadchurch in the first season is introducing characters and introducing a storyline where this season manages to continue a storyline and then tell it in this fascinating way that like – what What's different is that like Broadchurch is also a very, very good story. And not only is uh, this season, the fourth season of The Wire, a very good story, but thematically intensely impactful. Yeah like like i said earlier in the first segment i think about some of the scenes in this every single day and i think about some of the characters in it every single day to such a point god damn it i'm just loading everything right now no, no, no. um i had a nightmare really that i had a nightmare that randy was killed really and that i was like fuming in this nightmare because like as if like i was in this show and like i was a person on this show and so then i went up to her and i'm like how could you have done this you have no idea what you realized." and like i woke up in like a cold sweat and i was like that wasn't real you know but there was like something that felt very real and i think it's a testament to how uh the show portrays its people and it's not just characters it's people yeah and I, like, I just, I can't, I cannot think of another show that does that to such detail
1: Wait, as wow. this one. I, I, I gotta say, I definitely have a specific opinion about what the best single episode of television is. I was. laid it on thick. You did. That, that, was a, that was a good still serve. I, I, I can think of um, another single episode of TV that is the best episode of TV Hopefully we'll get to someday. A season of TV. Then no, no single episode, but oh, I see. but with in terms of seasons, I I think I think I could agree with it off the top of my head at least. I, I don't think that I can think of another s- whole right. season. And this is just like it. from what I've seen, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense though. Like
0: I wasn't like sometimes driven to tears because of like oh no this character died. It was like no like. This person's life is gone and not just like literally like they're not dead. Like, no, no, no. They're still going to live, but they're never going to come back from this. Like their life
1: is ruined. I'm going to make you watch something and it is uh, something that we're going to have to talk about in the season five episode because it is interviews with um, the people who created the show and they invited some of the people who – Whose lives the show is based on.
0: Good, because, like, I, like, the reason why, partially why, I haven't, like, looked into a lot of detail, information, and the story, You're like, spoilers. behind the show, right, is because I don't want to spoil yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're going to definitely delve into that so much more when we finish of the fifth season. Mac, is there, like, anything else you want to lay on
1: thick? I mean, okay, so so this is, this is all I want to do, real quick. Uh, give me one word.
0: And this episode is so long because, like... I mean, it's, it's the, the, there's a lot to discuss in this season. There's the a lot season. to discuss.
1: There are a lot of characters that they're capitalizing on from the past four seasons. Yes. And uh, as we just said, this this might be the best season of television that we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so I, I just want to get a one, from, from from for all the characters that we haven't touched on yet, Yeah. I would love to get a, a one word from you in terms of uh, how you felt about them this season. Ready? How I felt
0: about them this yeah, season. Yeah, this is a rapid right. fire game. Here we go, rapid fire. Here we go, baby. Freeman. Freeman. Um, I like he was always go. Oh, did you just want one, one bird? Yeah. I mean, one bird, one, one word. Bird. Um, Hard. um, relentless,
1: good. Um, bunk,
0: uh, uh and not spiteful, but he, like reminiscent. Daniels, uh, I just want him to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, like, one <laughs> no, word does no, 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 that's to perfect. <laughs> one phrase, at least, that's good. Emotion, bubbles,
1: pity. Oh, ain't hey, that the truth. Uh, Kima, I guess. I want you to be better. Yeah, it's like I I, I don't have a whole lot for Kima. Oh, Herc. I've never f- like, and then like Dominic uh
0: lumber lumber Dotsy Dotsy. I Lumberdo, yeah. I'm sorry that I'm butchering this name. Was like is just a perfect casting.
1: Oh yeah, for Herc he's so good from the very first
0: season mm-hmm. and then to this one as well. Is like of course this guy would f up so many times in this fashion oh my God. and it's painful to watch because it's, it's, good, it's never like because it's it's not like um um oh my goodness this, the sun in the second season uh it's holy crap
1: oh how can we forget his name i'm
0: on it but it's not like this the sun in the second season where uh, he's car- constantly doing foolish se- uh, things, and it's just not making it's not sense it's one like, bit. Uh, um, instead, we have, in this season, where, uh, holy hell, we can't find him! Ziggy! Mm-hmm.
1: I'm talking about Ziggy. Oh, the son, the son of, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, like, Ziggy... He whips his dick out, yeah. Yeah,
0: that Ziggy is like, this character feels stupid. Yeah. But, like, Herc, we see the sort of, like, thought processes... Um, behind his decision and like you're not you're making really stupid decisions and you're stupid but i'm not frustrated at you as a character i'm frustrated at you as a person and what you're doing but i'm not frustrated at you because what you're doing doesn't make sense because there were so many times that ziggy was doing things that like just didn't make sense um and like always felt like it was like counterintuitive to his objective yeah But there was never a moment that, like, Herc did something that felt counterintuitive to his own objective. Yeah. Even though all the shit that he was doing was stupid as hell, I'm like, okay, why you made that decision makes sense. Mm. And makes sense for you.
1: Well, another thing that I... uh... Did not know until recently because I, I like watching the interviews with the actors and not not interviews in terms of like about the wire, but just like ab- about them because I'm interested, right? Because like they have cool careers and they're cool people and they're very good, obviously. Um, but I, I was watching this one thing about how uh, how how they how they treat actors and like send offs and stuff like that. And because at the very end of whenever a character's done, it'll say at the end of that episode script because they get the script for each episode like as they're shooting it. And like it's it's new every time, and so at the very end, it will say "season wrap on" and then the character, right? Huh. And so like you know, whenever it's whenever you're done, and you also know whenever, uh, you, like obviously it says you died or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you'll know because like you you'll in know because it said. <laughs> um, there is not a single character on the entire show of The Wire that was ever aware of them being sent off the show prior to it happening
0: interesting could you I mean, like fuck it, let's just have this yeah, episode run long because i'm just loving this conversation
1: yeah it, so like for instance uh if if you're the actor playing um bodhi and you show up for the finale of season four you have no idea that you're getting killed at the, scene, at, at the end of this episode
0: what, why is that? I mean, but he... They, they,
1: I know, but but you don't know until you read the script of the final episode. Gotcha. You act all of season four... Not knowing. Not knowing that you're going gotcha. to die. Like, you're not... I episode. understand
0: now. You're not told at the beginning of the season, hey, you're going to die... Yeah, they don't give
1: any plans to anyone, and it's, and 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 they give as much as they possibly can to the actors to make sure that they can that they can. And like, do so job. they can understand their givens and yeah. understand. It's like, not like okay, Marvel. well, what
0: are my needs? What are my objectives? Yeah, like, what do I need in order to like fulfill the life yeah. of this character? Because that's
1: my least favorite part about Marvel is that they will hold hold information on backstories, and yeah. it's like don't I need to know this shit yeah. for me to play the character?
0: Or like some, like I think the greatest example, uh, end game spoilers, I guess, but like there's the funeral scene in end game and they told everyone that it was actually like a wedding or something. That like, mind you, the, all those actors are incredible. Uh, T- Tony Stark's oh, uh, right, right, right. funeral. Uh, Mac looked at me with an inquisitive look. Um, where, yeah, no, 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 the no, 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 I was just thinking,
1: yeah, because I because that, that would piss me off as an actor.
0: Yeah, I, but like I understand like it's on, it's it's in order to keep spoilers wrapped, especially in like the sort of social social media climate that we're living in now that everything is so easily spoiled. Um, so like I understand that from a storyteller yeah. perspective, but then like as an actor perspective, like. Kudos to them, but also like, shit, that's frustrating. I understand it from a
1: producing perspective. Not even from a storytelling perspective. Because just the producers are the ones that are worried about it leaking. Everyone else is like, I mean, really? Come on. Like, let's just, as an actor, I would like to fucking know if it's Tony Stark's funeral. Yeah. Uh, I I don't want you telling me it's something else and then you editing my acting job. I would like uh, for you to at least trust me with that. But that's something that, that The Wire was really good about is that they Keeping would everything honest. Honest. Absolutely. But making sure that everyone knew that in the same way that every... Because, like, they would make the set and the moments and the way they treated everything was as real and honest as possible, including the send-offs, where they were like, you have no idea when you're going. And I want to make sure that you feel that. I want to make sure that every single episode, you have no idea when you're going. And they didn't... And, like, like this, the cast didn't understand that until... Uh, until they showed up and uh, Wallace was dead in in season one. And so they, they show up and Wallace dies and no one knew. And they kind of look to Michael B. Jordan and he's just like sobbing because he's like, what the... Are you, are was you this serious? an
0: interview? I have to, like, watch
1: this. Well, it's, like, a couple of interviews. Yeah, there's, yeah. like, a couple different... Yeah, yeah, but um, he's just like, oh, my God, what? And, and well, actually, the, the the person that has the best interviews that is always really, really fun to watch is um, the actor that plays uh, Bubbles, who is... Andre Royo? Uh, thank you, Andre Royo. I was looking for it. Um, and I... He has some really, really cool interviews, but, yeah, one of the things he talked about a bunch was... Uh, his relationship with the uh, the other actors on in, in the cast because whenever they showed up, a lot of these people, funny enough, were written to be like one off characters, like Kima, like uh, Freeman, like yeah. Herc. Like I really like, thought
0: after the first season, we were not going to see Bubbles again.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so most of these characters were not supposed to be season regulars. And whenever the actors showed up, they just made a clear case for themselves to stay. And the writers were like, fuck yes, please stay. And like, so by the, by the fourth season, you have just a plethora of actors that you've like, like gained that they're only actors that have fought for, them, for their part and for themselves. Yeah. So it's like a stellar cast by this point. And also, all these actors that have a serious understanding of, next episode, I could be off. Yeah. I'm never going to know because they never give us even a hint. And every person that's ever been killed off has been shocked by it. So I could be going like next episode. And, never, and what's
0: beautiful about that is like implicitly then like every actor there is acting as if it's their last.
1: Right, right. And and, and uh, uh, Andre Roy talked about how he was like that uh, That obviously like for the officers it's like oh man I hope you don't go home or whatever. Um, but the main thing that, that it changed was the was the 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 cast of the gangs and the cast of of the drug dealers and the cast of the of the street crew because um all of them it was a lot more like like they they this had be to end. be yeah, yeah yeah like they had to be really really close and work really really tightly with one another and all of a sudden that might all change next week
0: and it wasn't like um like an actor would be doing a poor job and think to themselves man like that's it you know like Idris Elba Acted circles, yeah. circles around so many people that I think to myself, why has Idris Elba not had a more illustrious com- career yeah. after this? How did Marvel shaft him as being Heimdall? How did they do that? True when that. it's Idris Bleep and Elba, yeah. and even though he was acting circles around every person in every scene, he was still killed off in the third season, right?
1: And he and they gave him progressively more and more parts throughout the Thors, but Thor Ragnarok he's like barely he's still barely even in it's, it's more than anything else he's ever gotten and they kill him at the in. beginning of Infinity War it's just I mean, right it's just but like, even and then you, you Ragnarok, remember it's like
0: oh my god that's Idris Elba I can't believe they did that to him
1: he's still one of the best parts of Thor Ragnarok even though he's in the only like 45 se- collective seconds of the movie he's so good yeah. it's ridiculous anyway um, <laughs> so uh, were there Oh well, why any- we still
0: managed to talk about Idris Elba in this season we have
1: to though he's so good yeah any final thoughts it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Yeah, I, th- I think we got it all out there. Um, yeah, that's it. I think we did. Uh, that's going to be a bitch to upload. And anyway. I cannot
0: <laughs> wait to start the fifth season.
1: Yeah, same. Oh, Same.
0: Because now, like, after watching third season, especially this season, like, I, I will give this show my children. Like, that's how much I trust it. You're
1: going to start naming your children after the characters? Sure. Um, who would it be? McNo- the, the, the,
0: <laughs> I would just call my child Sammy. McNulty.
1: Oh, first name McNulty, last <laughs> One name One of the funniest
0: parts in this season is how BD's kids don't call... Oh, right. It's call... called
1: McNulty. That's <laughs> so good. McNulty. That is like, good.
0: So Bunk bunk talks to them and is like, uh, so what do you call him? McNulty? Not Jimmy? Not Dad? Not, you know, Mr. Pops. McNulty? Not Pops? No. McNulty.
1: <laughs> Which... is perfect. Yeah, it makes sense. And that of sense. course. That's what everyone calls him. And I um, God bless And you. I And I am excited to watch season five too, but before we get to season five... Yes. We're watching next week. Yep, I've been holding on this one. Okay, and I'm really excited about it. Um, I was about, about to back and forth between, uh, two of the same writer, but I've decided to go with Fleabag. Both seasons. Both seasons of Fleabag. It's a quick watch. Yeah, like less than ten hours. Yeah, it's a quick watch. Really, really fun show, and I'm excited to talk about it because there's a lot of th- I, I I've been sitting on this one a long time. Like this really weighs heavy on my heart. So I'm I'm excited to share it with you.
0: Dope. I, I'm just happy.
1: Me too. Thank you so much for an awesome episode. Uh,
0: before we end, you want to know who killed Randy in my dream?
1: Who? Michael Sarah. <laughs> Michael Sarah as Michael Sarah, or the like character? But it was like it's just the face.
0: But it was the actor Michael Sarah as like a, another character. <laughs> but like everything was real at the same Whoa. time. So it was still Michael Sarah as this character. Goodness
1: gracious, Michael Sarah. Thank
0: you for listening.